It's time for Green and Gold Insiders on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Jason Wildy of ESPN Wisconsin. Wildy, thanks for doing this. Do you normally do this on Tuesdays, or did I get you on a your working two day? I am uh, I am filling in for the normal uh, person who appears on Tuesdays. I'm a mon- Monday Friday guy, but what a treat! Since you know you chose to have Tausch on your program, Wisconsin's Morning News all the time, you picked him over me. Not that I'm bitter by any means. <laughs> I don't know but if this that's is how a it's great presented. treat. <laughs> it's a great treat well, to great. talk to you today. All right, man. Let's talk about some breaking NFL news that will affect the Green Bay Packers on Sunday, and then I want to talk about this being the 30-year anniversary of a very special thing. Folks are playing along at home. I want them to. I'll keep that a secret for now. But uh, news from Vikings camp: T.J. Hawkinson is out. That's their really talented uh, pass catcher and tight end. He is out for the season, and that means out for Sunday. I don't like to think of it in terms of this, but that certainly is good news for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, you know, Matt LaFleur loves to say when his own team has misfortune, nobody feels sorry for you. Nobody cares. And he's right. They don't. Uh, It's a cutthroat business. And this is, you know, certainly good news for a team in the Packers that that needs to win to keep their playoff hopes alive. It's also, you know, I'm not saying it balances the scales, but they've been playing without Luke Musgrave, their stud tight end who, you know, lacerated his kidney last month they've been playing without christian watson they lost on on wicks during the game uh Jaden reed didn't play on sunday so they've got their own problems but look tj hawkinson's really good he is leading the vikings in both receptions with 95 and receiving yards with 960 he's been their consistent contributor when obviously kirk cousins has done for the year justin jefferson has missed a bunch of time they're big time number one wide out so yeah, this is a blow for the Vikings, especially when you couple that with the fact that Kevin O'Connell said in the Twin Cities this morning that he hasn't decided who's going to start a quarterback for them either. <laughs> so uh, not great times up there in uh, Skull land. Yeah, that's interesting because my next question for you is going to be, I haven't paid that close attention um, after Cousins went down. I know it's sort of been a revolving door there, a quarterback for the Vikings. So um, any thought on who we expect to see or, or either way, uh, what that you know how the defense prepares for I don't know who we're going to get that's exactly what they have to do is try and figure out you know how do they prepare for three different quarterbacks because apparently all three of them are in consideration at least according to Kevin O'Connell and maybe some of that is gamesmanship but look Nick Mullins turned the ball over too much uh this past weekend and their loss to the Lions uh before that they were have you know Josh Dobbs had been really this really cool feel good story where he came in and led them to victory right after they traded for him. Um, and now he's been benched, but maybe he comes back into the mix. So there are two different types of quarterbacks. So obviously Matt LaFleur and uh, Joe Barry, everyone's favorite defensive coordinator, will have to figure out what they're <laughs> going to do to prepare for that offense. ESPN Wisconsin's Jason Wildy with us on Green and Gold Insiders this afternoon. All right, I want to move on and talk about the anniversary. I think probably most folks will get this, Jason, but it is the anniversary of Wisconsin football tradition, widely celebrated at Lambeau Field, involving two Hall of Famers, no less. It's 30 years ago today. If you still haven't guessed, I'll play you the TV call, and you maybe still won't be able to guess what it was based on this solely. <laughs> gets the pass off, but hit at the 37 was Randy Jordan, and Leroy Butler picks up the loose ball. 
And that was kind of the end of the call. I believe it was NBC who had the game. Apologies if it was Fox at the time, regardless, the call from TV there. And that was, if you're playing along at home, because it's not clear from the call, the first ever Lambeau Leap 30 years ago today, Jason. Yeah, uh, not the the most clear-cut call from the television copy. I suppose to give them, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt, they do have the video that they're, people are able to see. But you're right, that was... You have no idea what happened based on that because <laughs> it's not even Leroy Butler scooping up the ball. Right. It's, it's, it's Reggie White scooping it up, lateraling it to Leroy, and then he obviously goes in and scores. But, you know, it, it's also important to note that the greatest play or one of the most memorable plays in Packers history, if there had been instant replay, the Lambo leap is wiped out. You think because- Reggie was out of bounds? Reggie was clearly out of bounds. His foot is clearly <laughs> on the no. white line, um, and and so good thing that there, you know, that that replay giveth and replay taketh away. Obviously, we all remember the uh, the Packers Bears game where Don Mikowski may or may not have been across the line when he threw the touchdown pass. We also all remember that Jerry Rice clearly fumbled in that playoff game in San Francisco uh, after the '98 season, and there was no replay to overturn it. So. You never know, but the great that great moment, and obviously, Leroy has that statue that he's not even in because they have the Lambo <laughs> Leap statue, and you take Leroy's place in the statue, which is a great idea. I give credit to whoever thought of that because it's great. But yeah, a signature moment in Packers history to be sure. A, one of the few things that have happened uh, before I started covering the team in 1996 that I still very vividly remember. Well, I was there, Wildy, and I was going to school at St. Norbert at the time, and uh, you and I both came into the business about the same time, but um, my then-girlfriend, now-wife, had never been to a Packer game, and I, I had a friend who I went to college with, and she had family tickets and sold them to me probably for a song so I could take my wife for her birthday. So we were there. I was talking uh, with Tony Cartagena over here and some others, and he's like, what do you remember about being at the game? I'm like, man, all I remember was it was super cold. It was, Mm -hmm. at the time, if I recall, like the third coldest game in Lambeau Field history. I think the air temperature was three. Yeah, the Raiders certainly did not appear to have a whole lot of interest in uh, braving the elements either. So, and and you, you know, I I know how proud St. Norbert College is of you as as an alum, but uh, I hope you were wearing a very heavy uh, Green Knights jacket to keep you warm because, yes, that was, it was bitterly cold. You could see uh, you could see Leroy's breath as I mean, not that you can uh, hear it from the call, but you could see his breath as oh, he's yeah. running toward the end zone for the game-winning uh, touchdown and, and jumping into the stands. I know we're tight on time, but let me play this for you, Willie. ESPN Wisconsin's Jason Willie with us here, host of Willie and Tausch, and uh, Green and Gold Insider for today. Uh, TMJ Four News did a sort of a retrospective, and they had Leroy on the other day, and he's talking with uh, Susan Kim here at TMJ Four about that moment. Let me just play this quick from Leroy. Said it was cold that day, you yeah. know, from Florida. Right. But it was just a spontaneous thing to run down to jump in the stands. And I think, humbly think it's one of the best celebrations because it had to do with our fans, our shareholders. And I just love the fans. And it's the best way you can show your appreciation is to do it in the leap. Man, one of the great guys of all time to cover, wasn't he, Jason? I just remember every day at 12.50 on Wednesdays, we would all gather around his locker because that was his time to talk. And uh, he would regale us with stories. And 
But my favorite thing about Leroy and covering him and, and Gary Ellerson, who did a radio show with him for a long time, uh, filled in for Tausch today on our show. So he knows Leroy obviously very well also. But what I remember most is that by Wednesday at 12.50, he already knew what the game plan was. The defensive coordinator, Fritz Shermer, had already told him the plans. And yet Leroy, being the showman that he was, had to make sure, you know, if it was a game plan where he was going to blitz, ah, he's got to let me blitz. Fritz has got to let me be more, more aggressive. He's got to do that. Of course, he already knows that the game plan has that in it. So then after the game, he could say, see, Fritz did what I told him to do. So he was, gosh, he was fun to cover. There's no doubt about it. And, and obviously it's great that he finally got into the hall of fame. That was a, an, an honor that was way, way later than it should have happened. That the, the pro football hall of fame took way too long to honor a bunch of safeties and that caused him to wait longer than he should have had to as well. 30 years ago today. Jason, thanks. Great to talk to you. Vinny, this was a pleasure, man. Don't don't hesitate to reach out in the morning, too, when Tao doesn't show up sometimes. Yeah, well, let me check with him first, of course, you know, because he was our first choice. <laughs> of course.